This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome back. This is In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill, joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And this morning, we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion. So if you have questions about the laws regarding employment or housing and discrimination, particularly where LGBTQ individuals are concerned, we would love to have you call in. Our phone number is one 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email. I'll go ahead and tell you I'm the only one that's going to see the emails. Uh, if this is a sensitive topic for you and you don't want to use your name, I'm the only one that's going to see it, and I won't say what you don't want me to say. Our address is legal terms at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Professor Gershon. Liz, good morning, and it really is an honor to have Ellie Krug here today. Uh, Ellie is uh, actually uh, here to talk to our Outlaw uh, Conference, annual conference here at the law school, and was kind enough to spend time with us on the radio show. Uh, Ellie is a uh, successful trial lawyer uh, and an activist for uh, transgender rights. Uh, She transitioned from male to female in 2009 and actually is one of the few attorneys in the United States to litigate cases both as a man and as a woman. Ellie, welcome to to Mississippi. Uh, How how do you like our temperatures here compared to uh, Minneapolis? Thank you, Liz. Um, And uh, Richard, I'm really thrilled to be here. Um, Yes, um, as I was getting ready today, I was hearing that the high in Minneapolis is going to be like three degrees. So I'm thrilled to be here. Yes. (laughs) You missed the Super Bowl hoopla, but uh, hopefully someone will uh, get you some good southern cooking. Um, yes, I'm, I'm getting some of that. It's really great. Thank you. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us. Um, one, I've, you have a, a website with a newsletter, and you have a, a book that you've written. And uh, one of the things that you do is go around and talk to organizations about diversity and inclusion. Can you tell us a bit about what those uh, two words are and what that means? Sure. So uh, in a very general sense, uh, diversity is about numbers. It, it is about the number of people who are, quote unquote, different um, from, quote unquote, us in the room. So often when we talk about diversity, we we focus on color of people. Um, but diversity is much broader than that. So it involves, you know, how many are, how many people are different in the room related to LGBTQ status or related to pe- persons with disabilities or related to veteran status or religion um, or a host of other things that humans use as ways to group and label humans. So diversity generally is about numbers. How many of those people do we have here in our room or in our organization or our company? Inclusivity or inclusion is different. 
um, inclusion is really about the extent to which we make humans, whether they're diverse or not, but because we're talking about diversity, we'll talk about diverse humans, the extent to which we make those people feel as if they matter to the organization, as if they are, in the extent to which we make them feel that they are important, that they have a say, that their, that their presence makes a difference um, to the organization or the company. A lot of people get diversity. They understand it because we're, many people are visual oriented. We just look around the room and we can see whether we're diverse or not. On the other hand, many people do not understand inclusion or inclusivity because it takes work and it takes breaking out of habits about the way we have lunch with people. We just go to lunch always with the same old people and we leave that new lawyer or that new employee who happens to be diverse. We leave them back at the office because we don't think that they'd be interested in going to lunch with us, which is not true. Well, we want to get everyone on the same page for yes. our discussion today. Um, I think most uh, people listening understand what a lesbian person, what that word means. They understand what the word gay means. They would understand the word bisexual. Uh, tell us in your personal experience and, and also the general community, what does T, what does, who falls under the T category for trans? Sure. So the, the, the alphabet usually is LGBTQ. And so um, um, the T part of that alphabet are transgender people. That would be people who identify with a gender that's different than the one that they were assigned at birth by way of, you know, the, the genitalia that they had at the time they were born. And so for transgender people, there are a number of different uh, trends that are going on in the world right now as it relates to transgender people. You have people who are gender correctors. Um, that is people who live their lives according to their birth gender for decades, like 20, 30, 40 50 years, I didn't transition genders until I was 52, and who, who say, no longer can I hide, no longer can I lie to myself about what my true gender is. I'm going to correct, I'm going to transition from what my birth gender was to what my real gender is. And gender is really determined by your brain chemistry, not by your genitalia. We also have um, trans kids and trans youth that are showing up uh, with greater, greater frequency in the world. Um, and these are uh, literally as young as two or three year old children who say, Mommy, Mommy, I'm really not a boy. I'm really a girl. I don't want to be known as Daniel. I want to be known as Susie. These kids are showing up with greater frequency because of the Internet. Parents are they've all, these kids have always been around. But because of the Internet in the last 20 years, the parents have been able to connect with each other and understand that their kid is not a freak. And, and the parents have been able to understand that they're not alone, that there are resources for the parents. There are support groups. There are doctors. There are therapists. And the parents, instead of, um, you know, before the Internet, would... would would stuff their children. They would tell their child, no, you're really a boy, stop it. Um, and that would cause the, uh, eventually the little boy, uh, by birth, gender, um, to, to go and hide. 
and then they would then they would suffer for a long time. So we have a lot of trans kids and trans youth. And then another phenomenon that is really starting to emerge are gender nonconforming humans. These are people who don't identify as either male or female. They just identify as them, as as who they are. I'm just a human. And they use pronouns such as uh, as they or them um, or uh, Z, um, XE or XI. Um, and these gender nonconforming people, there are more and more of gender nonconforming people starting to show up because they're feeling brave that they can be who they are. Um, we as society, we want to put everybody into a box. That's just the way we are wired. To, I mean, just ask yourself, your listeners, what's the very first question for your listeners who've had a child? What was the very first question that they got asked? It's always, was it a, is it a boy or a girl? No one ever asks as the first question, is the child healthy? Or how, many, how much hair did they have? Or how long were they worth? I mean, those questions may come later. But we all have to understand what gender, what box can we put this human in? And the reality is that humans, because we're diverse, because we're just human, we are not really good at being put in boxes. Well, we're so glad that you're here to uh, talk with us about the uh, diversity, inclusion, uh, talk about LGBTQ laws and rights. If anyone has a call, we'd love to uh, have uh, you give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 we also i have uh i have a chromebook right in front of me with i'm checking our emails our address is legal terms at mpbonline.org and we'd be happy to take your questions uh ellie uh in our list of alphabets is q what does q stand for so q stands for a number of different uh letter uh words that start begin with q so one one is is about queer, which in the LGBTQ alphabet, if you use the word queer, it is um, it's one of those things that um, LGBTQ people can use as a word um, versus somebody who is not part of the alphabet using that as a word that can be harmful as an attack. Um, and, and the word queer just sort of is an umbrella phrase for people who are different as it relates to either sexual identity or, or, or gender identity. The Q also stands for questioning because a lot of people... Um, a lot of people have questions um, about their sexual um, identity or or gender identity and 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 many people suffer because they 're afraid to explore what and who they are and and because society is very um, demanding as 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 to how um, people conform to societal norms and standards. So the cue is there for people who are really wondering, maybe this is not who I am. And I will just tell you, Liz, um, that there are far more people who are LGBTQ than anyone knows. And the reason that we don't know all the numbers is because so many people are afraid to be who they really are because they're afraid of disappointing other people and in some places they're afraid of losing jobs or of losing loved ones or afraid of losing housing um, and sometimes they're afraid of being hurt physically. 
Well, we're so glad that you're here with us today. We're going to go ahead and go take our first break. Uh, listeners, if you have any questions about the laws concerning LGBTQ citizens, and according to Ellie's website, uh, there's an I. So we'll get into that. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Not everyone has the chance to listen to our show live. If you miss any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Uh, Professor Gershon, uh, tell, remind our listeners about our guest. Liz, uh, this is Ellie Krug, and Ellie uh, wrote a book called Getting to Ellen, uh, and uh, that is about uh, her, her, her memoir. About uh, her transition, and uh, and so you know it's it's available. Uh, she is here today. She's speaking all throughout the South uh, and taking a tour of the South. And we're lucky to have her here in Oxford. She's coming to talk to our students uh, in, in our outlaw group. And I want to say something about our outlaw group. It is a support group and a, a, a student organization that deals with LGBT Q&I issues. But uh, it, it, a lot of our uh, students who are not members of the LGBTQ community have been very supportive of that group. And, in fact, uh, the presidents of the organization have quite often not been members of that community. So a uh, very supportive uh, group of students here. Uh, who understand that you know they're going to be dealing with clients uh, as lawyers. They're going to their clients are going to come from all different backgrounds, and and trying they're trying to understand those backgrounds as well. Well, we're so glad that you're here, and we do have a couple of calls. We've got uh, Stephen, who's on the road, and Mary from Jackson. Mary, we're glad that you called in this morning. Go ahead. Um, hey, um, I have um, a lot of LGBT friends and, you know, co-workers that are LGBT. And here in Mississippi, um, it can be really tough for them. And my question basically is, how can we help them deal with workplace discrimination? Well, that's a, um, Mary, That's thanks for calling in. And that is a really, really great question. Um, 
Well, f- well, there's a couple of ways to deal with it. One is on the human uh, side and the other is on the legal side. So on the human side, I think that uh, my best advice is always to be supportive and affirming of people who are LGBTQ, actually to be affirming of any human generally. But, but for LGBTQ people who are suffering in the workplace, I think that I, I – you know, I think that you can be there for them. You can, you can tell them to hang in if the if the workplace is is difficult, but they've not been fired or terminated. Tell them to hang in. Give them strategies on maybe some some uh, job transfer um, strategies or looking for work, and maybe help them network to find a different job before the workplace becomes so intolerable that they have to quit or that they get fired. Um, but most of all, I think is to have an ear to just say, I care about you. Would you like to talk about about what's going on in your heart or in your head? Because I care about you. Now, on the legal front, there are lawyers um, that absolutely are willing to take on LGBTQ cases. I know here at the law school there are some legal clinics, and I'm going to assume that there are, there's at least one civil rights clinic here that would um, work with um, LGBTQ clients. And there are private lawyers that would do that as well. The unfortunate thing is, is that right now, um, uh, LGBTQ people only have legal rights in, as if you're gay or lesbian, there are a little bit, a few more states than there are for people who, uh, states that protect transgender people. But, the, but at, you know, as it really stands right now, at least half the states do not protect LGBTQ people, and Mississippi is one of them. Uh, although there are uh, several locales in Mississippi, I understand um, Oxford and maybe Jackson and a couple of other places where there are local ordinances that protect against discrimination. It's important you to remind your LGBTQ friend that uh, they may have legal rights uh, depending on where it is that they live. Um, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission under the Obama administration was very LGBTQ proactive. Um, and, uh, and, and certainly the Department of Justice was then coming in favor of protecting LGBTQ people in the workplace. Unfortunately, under the current administration, that has changed. And it's become far more tricky on the federal level as it relates to protecting LGBTQ people. And, Ellie, a lot of your work really deals with just human beings in general. And I think, you know, what I always think about is I've got, uh, you know, children who I want to be just treated fairly and, uh, and, and decently. It's hard enough being a human being. It is. You know, whatever category you happen to be in. And so it seems to me that, you know, if, we, if people just treat each other better generally, we don't even have to have any of these issues. Well, and I think that there's some impression that maybe LGBT, LGBTQ people are different from other people. And the reality is we want the same thing. We want our children and our nieces or nephews to succeed just like um, straight people do. You know, we want to be free of physical, emotional violence just like straight people. We want 20 minutes of peace just like, you know, straight people do. And most of all, just like anyone else, we want to love and be loved. And if you can just remember those four commonalities, you, you have the ability to have a conversation with an LGBTQ person, and you actually have the ability to understand what it's like to be in their shoes. Thank you for your call, Mary. That's really great. 
All right. Next, we're going to go to Stephen, who's on the road. We hope he's driving safely. Uh, welcome to In Legal Terms. Stephen, go ahead. Safely, and I appreciate you taking my call. I am um, a very uh, successful, happy gay man who has chosen to live a life joyfully, not ashamed, nor embarrassed. But recently, when people say LGBTQ, that kind of rubs me a little bit raw, quite honestly. I was called queer growing up as a kid, and I'm not sure what the Q stands for. I'm not sure you did a great job explaining the LGBT, but I didn't catch what the letter Q stands for. And if it's queer, I'm highly offended by that, and nor does it make me comfortable. But uh, anyway, I was just curious about that particular letter and where it came from and why it was added to LGBT community. Well, Stephen, first of all, thanks for calling, and thank you for for just being out and being who you are, because please know that you are role modeling for other people who are in the margins who are afraid. So thanks for doing that. I'm afraid, though, that I'm going to disappoint you a little bit, because the Q has a couple of different meanings. One is about questioning, because there are people that are always trying to figure out their sexual identity or their gender identity. And the cue is there for them to give them a safe space to figure that out without judgment. But in some instances, the cue does stand for queer. And, in, and, and, and some of this may be also locale different, because in the Twin Cities where I'm from, if you use the word queer, it's, it's um, acceptable within the LGBTQ community. Um, I mean, certainly it can never be something used, a word used as a weapon against somebody who's gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender. Um, but um, in the Twin Cities where I'm from and other locales, I mean, I go across the country, it's an acceptable word. But I understand where you're coming from and how you might be offended by that phrase. And I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. Thank you for it. All right. Thanks, Stephen, for calling in. Um, Ellie, what is the history of legal protections for uh, gay and lesbian citizens? Well, it's not very good. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, ha- we go back to, I think, uh, 1987 with uh, Wisconsin as being the first state to enact legal protections for lesbian and gays only. They still have not prote- protected um, transgender people in Wisconsin. And then in the early 90s, Minnesota, not to be left behind, enacted uh, the first statewide protection as it relates to lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. Um, and right now, as it relates to, and I'm, 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 I'm off a little bit on the number of states that protect lesbian, gays, and only, but I think that number is about 25 uh, states that do that. As far as transgender people go, I only have legal rights in 20 states. Um, and so what that means from a practical standpoint is, being transgender is I can actually drive, and I think that this actually might apply as well as to gay and lesbians, I can drive from the Canadian border to the Texas border without, or excuse me, from the Canadian border to the Mexican border on a straight line without encountering a state where I have legal rights, which may mean, you know, you may say, well, how big a deal is that? Well, 
what it means is is that if I go to a mom and pop um, motel somewhere where I'm very tired, I need to stop, I need to get some sleep, and I go up to the doorway, and by the way, your listeners are hearing somebody who sounds like a man on the radio, but um, Richard, please chime in on this. I look very, I'm very female appearing, and so if I went to a hotel, um, the proprietor could say, I know what you are, and um, I'm not going to rent, I'm not going to give you a room tonight um, because of who you are. I would have no legal recourse. There would be no legal rights that I would have that I'd be able to exercise against that innkeeper. Think about that. And, Ellie, that, you know, takes us back to me to days of uh, segregation when, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. And one of the famous cases in terms of civil rights was the Heart of Atlanta Hotel. And the Heart of Atlanta Hotel would not allow African-American travelers to to sleep there. So to me, it seems like it's a similar type of discrimination and and really if you open accommodation to travelers that should be any traveler right but we're also entering a world now we are on the verge of a world where there'll be a religious ex, you know um, exception um, for uh, people to in a variety of settings that run businesses to discriminate we are we are close to that right now and I fear that we will get there. And, and when that happens, I, um, I fear that the world will turn very upside down as it relates to LGBTQ people. Well, we are listening. You're listening to uh, In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. We're going to take our next break. Um, our number, if you want to give us a call, if you have a question about diversity, inclusion, LGBTQ rights, our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email to legal terms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to in legal terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert at the University of Mississippi School of Law in Oxford, and we're joined by our guest, Ellie Krug. She's the author of Getting to Ellen, a memoir about love, honesty, and gender change. And this morning, we're talking about diversity and inclusion, talking about the laws that uh, are civil rights, human rights, especially for the LGBTQ community. We'd love for you to be a part of our conversation. Our number is one 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven 
672-7464. So, uh, Ellie, I did, you have a, a newsletter. You're blogging about your, your trip through the country this, uh, the, the past few weeks. Uh, one thing I noticed is that you had LGBTQI. Uh, I'm not familiar with I. What's that? So, and, and, you know, there are, we could go on and on about adding letters to the alphabet because sometimes you see A as well at the end, which stands for ally. But I stands for intersex. And that would be for people who are born with um, what the technical phrase is ambiguous genitalia, um, which that genitalia could represent either male or female. And, I mean, you have that they have actually physical characteristics of both. And, and, um, and until probably the last 20 years, the standard mod, uh, medical modality was for the surgeon, uh, the, the doctor at the time of birth, to make a decision about which genitalia to assign the child, which um, they often guessed wrong. Because, remember, gender is really about brain chemistry. It's about what's in your brain, not according to what you are born with in terms of genitalia. And so the I is to give that group of people um, some place in the alphabet and some recognition, because it is about belonging. It's about being able to be recognized. Well, uh, Ellie and uh, Professor Gershon, we have gotten a full slate of calls now. So first, we're going to go to Ron in Tupelo. Ron, we appreciate you calling in. Uh, tell us what you're thinking about. Okay, I'm just going back to where uh, your, your guest made a comment about going from place to place and possibly being turned down by owners of a mom-and-pop motel. Well, now, those people have rights, too. And if their biblical upbringing tells them that that they don't believe in uh, a man becoming a woman or vice versa, they have the right to turn somebody down. And that, it should be that way because it's just like the couple that ran the, the um, bakery in New York. Because they wouldn't make a cake for a gay couple getting married, they ended up get being sued and ended up losing their business. It's your right to decide if you want to be a part of that or not. And personally, um, you know, I don't care what anybody else does. You do what you want to as long as it, you know, doesn't infringe on me. But if you decide that you want to become a transgender or, a, you know, if you're becoming, if a man's becoming a woman, there are inherent risks with it, and you're pretty much just going to have to deal with it because everybody out there in the world doesn't see it the way you see it, and you're basically saying God made a mistake. Um, that's one thing I wouldn't want to say. You know, people say, well, I'm supposed to be a woman. No, God made you a man, and that's what you are. Well, Ron, I know you've brought up a topic that a lot of people in Mississippi share that view about. Uh, this is in legal terms. Uh, what is the law, uh, Professor Gershon and uh, uh, Ms. Krug? Well, so first of all, Ron, thanks so much for calling, and I really appreciate your perspective. Um, uh, um, I mean, you've hit a topic that I think we're going to hear a whole lot more about um, in the coming months uh, as the Supreme Court starts to tackle things. Um, I respectfully disagree with you, though, because if you are if you're opening a business to the public, 
um, it is the public that that have the right to access your business. And my question to you is, where do we draw the line? Because there may be some people that believe that um, people of a different um, uh, different religion shouldn't be able to be that they don't have to serve them at a at a at a store or at a bakery, or they they may decide that because of religious upbringing that people of color of different colors aren't worthy or or equal, and they can decide that that they're not going to uh, open their business to people of color. So I don't know where we start drawing the lines once we start allowing for there to be discrimination. And lastly, I'd just like to address the question about choice. Um, you know what? Uh, I tried for a really long time to stay a man. Um, I, I tried everything that I could um, to do that because I, I was in love with my wife, and I knew that I would lose her if this thing inside of me came out. But there are some things in life I have to respectfully disagree with you that are not choices. Uh, that includes one sexuality who you're attracted to um, romantically, and it also includes gender. And I know that that's hard for a lot of people to understand, but I'm just here to report to you um, that, that one's gender is something that you are born with. It is not something that you choose. And I am not walking around as Ellie Krug uh, to simply be somebody who is different. I'm doing it because it's the only way that I would be alive at this point. So I appreciate your point of view, but I have to respectfully disagree with it. And as far as the laws go, you know, right now, um, I think uh, because uh, transgender people only have legal rights in 20 states, I think it's a toss-up for a lot of states as to how I can be um, received. Well, as, a, as far as the law goes, uh, if we were to say race or to religion, is there a, a definition is, with the Supreme Court? Has there been a ruling on if something is an artistic uh, endeavor versus a traveler's or a public service? Uh, what's, what's our laws on that? Well, that, that's coming down the pipe, and that is something that, you know, and it really, uh, the Supreme Court heard a case on that issue, and, you know, we actually even talked a little bit about it on, earlier on our show uh, in an earlier broadcast about about that decision that will come out. And it really is a question of, is, a, is the person who's making a cake providing an accommodation that is like, you know, hotel room or food and, you know, serving a hamburger that's, that's generally the kind of thing people serve to the public? You can't discriminate in those uh, types. Types of settings. If it's an artistic work, then that's it's considered different. So I can decide not to paint a portrait of someone just because I don't want to. I mean, that's that you know, art. Art is something that we we protect in a different way and a different expression. So I think that'll be an interesting uh, determination by the Supreme Court. Uh, the current law in Mississippi uh, is House Bill fifteen twenty three, which does protect uh, religious liberties. Which does uh, you know, on the other side of that, I think is to look at it and say it allows discrimination uh, against LGBTQ uh, uh, and especially um, uh, uh, the LGBTQ community. Uh, it, it has been it was held to be unconstitutional at the district court level here uh, and then uh, on appeal ultimately was held to be uh, well it was found that nobody really had standing to bring that case and that's where it is now. So the, the question of whether it is uh, constitutional or not is still really not resolved. Uh, courts just are not 
uh, supposed to, in our country, hear cases until there's actually someone who has been harmed. And, and the appellate courts have held that, it's, to this point, no plaintiff has come forward who actually has standing. Ron, we appreciate your call. We've got uh, Tyler Town and uh, Rachel on the road. But now we're going to go to Doug in Memphis. Doug, welcome to In Legal Terms. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to make a comment on the earlier calls. Comment, uh, is, I guess frustration with the term queer. And I, as a 43-year-old gay male, um, have you know bought into these terms early on as a gay. And what I found was that that term for me, are you a gay male? Usually, I was defined by what that meant you did in bed, sexually. And I come to reject that. Like, I And I was called queer coming up, and that really stung and offended me. But I've come to accept that as someone who's different and be okay with that. And I'm willing to be different. And, um, and I, you know, I've encouraged other people to really think about that word and take back ownership of that, ownership of that word. And if it means something, you use it and stand up for that. Be proud of it because queer is not bad. So, Doug, I think that uh, I appreciate you calling, and I really, you know, and here we have a different perspective um, on that word. And and but the the point I would like to make is this: is why do we? Um, and I, my goal is to have a world where we don't have to label anybody. You know, we don't have to label people as black. We don't have to label people as uh, gay or lesbian or queer or trans or, or you know, or Muslim. We don't have to label anybody. But instead, where we could just say, "Hey, they're another human," and guess what? I got to know them. I got to find out that they're a really cool person. And though, and you know what? Even though they happen to be a different color than me or a different sexual orientation or gender orientation than me I they're just like me we want the same things in life I mean that is my goal that is part of why I'm going across the south um, speaking and listening I'm doing a great deal of listening and I'm meeting some really incredible people so thank you very much Doug well, we appreciate Doug's call. Uh, if you want to give us a call today, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We've really started to get some calls in now. Uh, next, we're going to go to uh, Michael in Tyler Town. Uh, welcome to In Legal Terms, Michael. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, my my um, my statement today is basically saying that I feel like if you're gonna engage in a business in the United States, that means you will abide by the government uh, constitution, which forbids you to discriminate against anyone because of their sex, gender, or sexuality. Uh, I feel like a business is a governmental function. Uh, I had never seen any religion or looked into any religion that says that, you know, you're entitled to a business. And when you get this business, you can, you know, pick and choose who you want to do business with. I see it as money doesn't have a, have a sex, doesn't have a gender. Money is money. So when you're dealing with the public, you need to be willing to accept all. Otherwise, I feel like you shouldn't have a business because... We're trying to create a society where we're loving everyone. Everyone is loving everyone. No matter what you like to do behind closed doors, you know, it's all love. Because um, the route we're going now with 
uh, saying, oh, you're, you're homosexual or, or you're black. We got some Satanists out there who also, that's a religion. So it's no telling what they might try to push for because that will be their religion, right? They can stop uh, serving to Christians, blacks, whites. They can go on with it. So that's all I have to say. Thanks, Michael. We appreciate your call. And we do have uh, full lines, but next we're going to go to Dean in Ocean Springs. Uh, thanks for calling in, Dean. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm going to be brief. I have a rebuttal to, I don't know if it was Ron or Don, I can't remember, from uh, that called a few minutes ago. And he said he made the statement that God doesn't make mistakes. And I hear that brought up a lot of times with transgender people. And first of all, I want to say that nobody's saying that God made a mistake, but God does present challenges. And if you had a child that was born as a co-joined twin or with a cleft palate or with a heart defect, you wouldn't think twice of, of um fixing that problem you wouldn't say oh god doesn't make a mistake and just leave the child to be like that so there is the in the realm of possibility that someone could be born in a in a one gender's body with the brain of another gender and they need to fix that so it's not making an implication that god makes a mistake but yes god does present people with challenges so i just want to put that out there because i've heard that quite a bit from that side and um i just don't agree with it Thank you, uh, Dean. Um, thank you for that. I, I don't know if I need to add anything to what you just said. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. We appreciate your calling in. Uh, we do have quite a full line. As someone else comes on, uh, as someone else hangs up, then our line opens up. Our phone number is one 672 7464. If you're just joining us, our guest today is Ellie Krug. We're talking about diversity, inclusion, specifically with the LGBTQ individuals. Uh, what are their rights? What are our civil rights? What are our human rights? And now we've got uh, Linda in Houston. Go ahead, Linda, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I believe the guy that was just on made a rebuttal uh, much better than I could do. I, I don't think you can go around saying God made mistakes. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, I wanted to say that one of my heroes is uh, Jan Morris. She's Welsh, and she's uh, now a very advanced age. I think she's still alive. She started out as Jane. Uh, she was a very good travel writer, one of the best travel writers in the world. And she ended up, she got married, had five children, and then she had a sex change operation, became a woman. She became Jan. And uh, then after that, uh, the British, who did not have same-sex marriage, made her divorce her wife. And then after several years, they changed the law again so that same-sex marriages were okay, and they remarried and are a very devoted couple. And I think that's wonderful. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and take our break now. Um, our number is one eight seven seven. We have one line free, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 672 672- 7464 for in legal terms.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. If you miss any part of our program, you can listen to the whole show again at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill, here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Our guest today is LGBT activist and attorney, Ellen Krug. And I think we've got our microphones going. Can you hear me, guys? We can hear you. Can you hear us, Liz? Uh, Ellie, are you there? Yes, I am. Fantastic. Well, we're glad you're here. We've got just a few minutes left. We have uh, four calls. I hope we can get to them. Sure. Uh, let's see. Gary Gary and Jackson, you've been hanging on the longest. Oh, no, I just touched uh, Nick in Gulfport. Nick, go ahead. Hi, hello. Hi there. Go ahead, Nick. Hi. Um, I was just wanting to say um, here in Mississippi, it's been a long, drawn-out fight for any actual rights for a lesbian and gay and transgender. Um, my mother and my stepmother um, have been together uh, 18 years. They refused to get in to get married in any other state besides Mississippi until it was legal. Um, so when they were allowed to get married, it was phenomenal. Um, but before then... My stepmother was a police officer here in Gulfport, and um, anytime anything ever happened to me and my brother and we would go to the hospital, we couldn't have her insurance because they weren't married. Um, if she wanted to come back into the hospital room with us, she would have to ask my father's permission, which of course was never given, even though she paid all of our bills. She made sure we had everything we would ever need. Um, went to all of our games um, and loved us unconditionally. She wasn't recognized as a part of our family in Mississippi's eyes because of the genitalia she had matched the genitalia of the person that she loves. So um, I'm just glad that those things are changing very, very, very slowly. But um, hopefully we'll get to a point one day where everyone can be who they want to be and love anyone they choose to love. Well, well, Nick, I thank you for calling. I, I want you to know that that you're touching. You've touched my heart. I mean, I've got tears in my eyes because of what you just said. And all I can say to you is this. Keep talking about it. Keep sharing your experience with others and keep being vocal and then change will come it will because I do believe that all humans that 99% of us want to do the right thing that we are good people it's just that many people are afraid of what they don't understand or know so Nick keep showing up and let and help people to understand what it means to be um, the child of somebody from the same sex um, couple. So thank you. Thank Thanks. you very much. Nick, we appreciate you calling in. Next, we'll move on to Gary. Gary, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? We're great. I, great. I wanted to thank you and Dr. Gershon and all the uh, hosts of the show for an excellent, stimulating conversation. 
And Ellie, I wanted to thank you. You're very, very eloquent and very, very articulate. And what's most important that I really wanted to share with you, you're open-minded and you, you're you not out thrusting your opinion or your, your opinions on other people. And one problem is in all of today, in the politics and the social issues we all care about, it becomes almost a war of words. And I admired you so much when you said you're not just out speaking, you're out listening. I'm doing the identical thing in the car, trying to carefully listen to your points and your viewpoints. I do want to share with you, almost as a gift to you, so you'll get another perspective. I'm 64 years old. I was born in 1953. I would call myself a conservative, uh, a conservative, a compassionate conservative. But the reason I bring that up, I have seven grandchildren. And one problem I think straight people have with the LGBTQ community, that much of that community is very militant. And as they share their thoughts, it's almost they, they thrust it on everybody else. And it becomes a fight. Uh, I admired you for your gentler approach. But- Gary, I'm so sorry. We have 30 seconds to finish out our show, and I want to be sure to thank Ellie Krug, our host, our, our guest today. Um, I want to thank Professor Richard Gershon. Uh, our board engineer today is Jay White. Tracy Daniels helps us out in Oxford. Um, this has been relative. This has been in legal terms on MPB Think Radio. Relatively speaking, is on next. Thank you for listening today. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.